It's game day, Tampa Bay. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Left circle, Stamkos. Holds, holds, shoots, scores! Stamkos! Again! The latest Lightning news, interviews, and more. Wow. With your host, Greg Linelli. That's great, folks. That's great right there. On Lightning Power Play. Nothing like that first game coming out of the holiday break than having a four-point game against the team in front of you in the Atlantic Division standings, and that would be the Montreal Canadiens for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is going to be an exciting game tonight for various and variety of reasons. First and foremost, it's a big game. Let's face it, folks. We're here December, what, 28th? The Tampa Bay Lightning understand that teams in front of them, they need to chase down, and when they are in your own division, Well, it's your typical four-point game, and the Lightning understand that, and so does Montreal. But it's also a big game because the atmosphere is going to be pretty exciting. You know the Canadians travel pretty well. Tampa Bay should be fired up going against a team like this. Typically, that happens all the time, and it should be a pretty exciting, emotional atmosphere tonight here at Amelie Arena. Of course, Tampa Bay has done very well against the Abs over the years. They've won four in a row at home versus Montreal. They're on a six-game home point streak. And since the start of the 2013-2014 season, Tampa Bay is 8-1-3 and three at home in the regular season versus Montreal. You know, I think everybody enjoyed the Christmas break and the time off for sure. But I bet you if Tampa Bay had their choice, while they think they like the time off, and probably wanted to keep playing after what they did Monday night against the Florida Panthers, just a complete smackdown, 6-1. to one. It's one of those games where you really don't want to stop playing uh, your next game and have it interrupted for any reason because you felt so good about what you accomplished that specific night. Montreal comes in playing pretty well, but let's face it, folks, when you match these two teams up and you take a look at their rosters, Tampa Bay is the superior team. The superior team always doesn't win. We understand that. We saw that last year against the Columbus Blue Jackets, no doubt about that. But I feel like the Lightning maybe, just maybe, might have turned a corner on Monday when we start talking about their season and where they're headed. We've said this before, no doubt. We talked about this after the Global Series against Buffalo, where Tampa Bay won a couple of games in Sweden, and it really didn't happen. I think one thing we can say after those two games in Sweden is that Tampa Bay has played better Doesn't mean they've won all those games. Certainly they haven't because they're outside of a playoff picture. But Tampa Bay, I think, has played better. And they've been trending in an upward direction for quite some time. Hasn't always translated into two points. In fact, sometimes it's been no points in regulation when they've played pretty well. That's been pretty disappointing. And while Tampa Bay understands that they can't have too many more of those games where they play well and don't come away with points... You think maybe Monday is a situation where the tide is turning. Everybody talks about the metrics and what it means to a specific team. And there are a lot of people who like to look at metrics more than I do. And they come back and they tell you that, well, the Lightning, at least metrically, are doing the same things this year that they did last year. They're just not getting rewarded. To which I would just say, well, that's called puck luck. And at some point, the hockey gods even things out. And I think that's what happens. I think Tampa Bay has been playing the right way for quite some time. As I said before, it hasn't always translated into points, but 
one thing about being out of a playoff spot by December 28th will do, it will cause you to bring your A game uh, every single night from here on out. And if you don't, there's a pretty good chance maybe you come away with no points. So I think that's something we have to keep in mind when we talk about Tampa Bay and tonight's game against Montreal. Yes, who knows what's going to happen tonight. Montreal, as I said before, they're playing well coming into this game. And they understand that if they win, they gain a little more separation with Tampa Bay in the standings. By the way, only, what, a couple of points separate these two teams. But Montreal has played a bunch more games uh, than Tampa Bay. So that is one of the reasons why I think you take a look at why this game is pretty big. Yeah, Tampa Bay 40 points through 35 games. And Montreal 42 points in 37. So the Canadians, I think, understand that this is a big game for them as well because if they lose, then all of a sudden their place, their grip on third place in the Atlantic Division becomes a non-issue. And Tampa Bay then has a say in where we're headed. Don't know how many teams get in. I think we still talk about um, the Atlantic Division as being a team that's still up in the air. And while I think Toronto and Boston certainly will be there at the end, along with Tampa Bay, Florida's going to have a say, Montreal's going to have a say, and Buffalo certainly will have a say before this is all done in the regular season. But I like where Tampa Bay is headed, folks. I really do. I know there are a lot of people out there that wanted to trade players, wanted to fire coaches, and I understand that. There's a lot of people out there that um, I think are, are more emotional than logical. And... Sometimes you have to take a step back and, you know, listen to a talk show and maybe calm you down just a bit. Now, look, Tampa Bay could get run out of Amelie Marina tonight uh, for nothing, and we're right back to where we were a couple of weeks ago when we kept saying, when will this team go on a pretty big run? But the one thing Tampa Bay has in their favor, and so do some of these other teams, but I think specifically Tampa Bay, is that there is some urgency. The Lightning can't look at this and say, well, you know what, in another month we'll be okay. And while St. Louis you can point to and say, that's happened before, I don't think that's something that you want to hang your hat on and say, well, if they can do it, so can we. It's nice to have, but I wouldn't make a living doing just that. At Greg Linelli on Twitter, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. Coming up on the show here on Lightning Power Play Live as we broadcast from Amley Arena. We're going to talk to the beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Brian Burns. We'll get his thoughts on the game tonight. What does he make of this matchup with the Canadians? And then Pat Hickey from the Montreal Gazette. He's a columnist. We'll get his thoughts on where is Montreal so far this year. They're a team that, at least reading some game notes and a couple of quotes coming out of their locker room over the last two or three days, they talk about urgency. They've been talking about needing to get as many points as possible because this was a team that was a couple of points out of a playoff spot last year. That still stings for them in their eyes, and they feel like if they can get a couple of Ws here and get into the playoffs, that this is a team that who knows what can happen, but anytime you have the goaltending that they do, uh, it's a situation where they feel they have at least a, a fighter's chance of moving on in the playoffs. So we'll talk to Pat about that and who's really leading the way when it comes to Montreal and the type of season they are having. So hit me up on Twitter if you can, at Greg Linelli. Big show planned for you tonight. Also, too, after the game, we've got the last call with Brian Engblom. You can listen to it all. Back after this with Bernsey on Lightning Power Play. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. 
Nikita Kucherov left circle, cross-ice Johnson, right circle. Shoot, score! Oh, what a snipe! The latest news, interviews, and more with your host, Greg Lanelli. He would not be denied! On Lightning Power Play. And we are back here, Lightning Power Play Live, live at Amelie Arena. Greg Lanelli with you. We're getting you set for Lightning and Canadian. Should be a good one tonight here. And I'm going to bring in our good friend Brian Burns, beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I want to bring him in on the broadcast. Burns, first off, hope you had a great Christmas. We were just talking about our, our travels, and uh, we're both here, and uh, that's always a good thing. Miraculously. Miraculously, we that's back. right. But we both went back north, and... Um, I think you know, it was warmer up there than it is in the arena tonight. I, I, well, there was no doubt. I mean, I think where I was, it was mid fifties. You said you hit sixty. Yeah, sixty around DC area. Yeah, which is good, which is crazy when you think about it. But um, no, we didn't see any snow. No, definitely not. That's all right. That's not a bad thing. Um, tonight's going to be a lot of fun for a variety of reasons. But this really is—you uh, almost feel like this is the start of the Lightning season, in in many ways. I don't know. I get what happened the first. 35 games we can't take that away 40 points out of a playoff spot but now's go time you know we we kept saying well we want to evaluate this team after thanksgiving we want to evaluate this team right before christmas all right well we've had time to do that the lightning need to start putting some wins together and i really feel like that monday night game against the panthers could be uh the jolt they need to uh, really go on a, uh, a winning streak what do you make yeah i mean situation? that was Maybe their best performance of the year. Uh, and it was a big game. I mean, it was one yeah. that they absolutely had to have, and, and they showed up for it. They played uh, one of their best games of the season. They were there, you know, in their defensive structure. They got a good goaltending performance. Uh, they were able to build goals off of the defense. Uh, so all the elements were there that, that you want to see in, in Tampa Bay's play. And, yeah, like you said, you look at the stretch now from, from today uh, until the, the bye week and the, the all-star uh, weekend kind of combined there you got 13 games in, in 21 days and uh four different sets of back-to-backs three of those are going to yeah. be on the road i mean it's a difficult schedule only three games uh at home in amelie arena in the entire month of january uh, even when they come back from that bye week they go immediately on like a four-game road trip uh out west so this is going to be a pretty telling stretch of the season right now and i think uh you know you look at we've, we've talked for a long time basically since the sweden trip how the lightning have been uh, you know, they've had these games in hand on other teams. Well, now I think once we get to, to that all-star break and that, that bye week, uh, I don't think that gap's going to be there anymore. So this is where they got to make up some of that ground. And they really were talking about their power play and how good it's been, uh, especially that last game against the Panthers at the morning skate today, weren't they? Yeah, well, that was Paul Kennedy. He was asking everybody <laughs> about the power play. I guess that was the uh, the topic That's, of the day. And everybody we're going to see that on TV, right? Latching yeah. on to that. But, yeah, you know, you go three for four on the power play. Yeah. Uh, and especially after the way they had performed in Washington when they went 0 for 7 up there, and really uh, that was kind of what led to that loss against uh, the Caps in a game where they, you know, they had a chance to win that one. Yeah. Um, to, to see the, the power play respond again and, uh, and able to put up three goals and just the way that they were able to, uh, to move the puck around. And it, it's really been good at home, you know, all season long, or at least, you know, the last month or so, they, they've had the top ranked power play at home, you know, for a while now. And the, overall, it's been. You know, hovering in the top three or four yeah. all season. Uh, but, yeah, they really got a crank in uh, against Florida, and you hope that you can just see that continue. And uh, and a lot of what we found out from, from talking to the guys about the power play this morning, a lot of it depends on Victor Hedman and just how yeah. he's going and uh, if he's you know able to find 
room at the point and, and able to get pucks through, that really is what drives that, that power play and gets everybody else going. Well, he certainly found that against the Panthers. And that big shot at the point, it's interesting, you know, between Hedman and Sergachev, you really have two guys that can just fire the puck. Yeah, and Sergachev, you know, of late, I feel like has really elevated that aspect yes. of his game. I think he's really... Uh, more so than any t other time I can remember in his career, he's really firing pucks at the net, and he's you know hitting them with authority, and he's looking for a shot more. You feel like he's getting more confidence there. He's put up a couple power play goals here uh, over the last couple weeks or so, and really good to see him get that element of his game going because I think that's a, a really dangerous weapon, especially if this team can have. We all know what what the first power play unit can do, but you know for that 30, 45 seconds, that second unit gets out there. If he can be a factor on that power play, I just think it makes it so much more dynamic that they have both units going. What do you think is going to be key for this team, you know, basically the second half of the year starting tonight? What are you going to be looking for to indicate to you that this team is back to where they were last year during the regular season or at least playing the way they've talked about at the start of the year? Yeah, I think, you know, seeing Andre Vasilevsky continue to get better as the season goes along, you know, I don't think anybody uh, – would say that the start of the year has been where he wants it to be or right. what you would expect from him. But I think of late he's gotten a lot better. I think you know, over the last five or six starts he's putting up some you know, two goals here, one goal there, one goal there. He's uh, putting up some of those two goal or less performances uh, with some regularity now. And you, you want to see that continue. You want to see some of those strong performances continue. And uh, he seems to put up good numbers against Montreal. I hope to see that again yeah. tonight. I want to see the defensive structure continue. I, I think it's it's good right now. I think they're they're trending where they want it to be. I want to see that continue. I want to see those goals against go down and just that good puck management in their own end. Uh, and I want to see some of the the, the balanced scoring. I, uh, we've seen where you know maybe Andre Pilat and Tyler Johnson at the beginning of the year yeah. were going pretty strong and then they tail off a little bit now you see Pilat you know the last three games he's put up points in the last three uh, Johnny's been dealing with a little bit of an injury issue but but his numbers haven't quite been there uh, but we've seen it go in stages where you know Pilat and Johnson were really hot then it got uh, Kalorn and Sorelli were really hot for a while you, you just want to see uh, that that scoring balance continue. You want to see everybody kind of contribute in some way throughout the season and, and not just have, you know, three or four guys that you're relying on to put up the bulk of the points. Where are we with Johnson? Because we've seen Matthew Joseph be recalled, then reassigned, recalled. I mean, what what is the latest on Tyler Johnson? Do we know? Yeah, it looks like he's playing tonight. Yeah. I was surprised that, uh, you know, he sat out the Florida game. I was surprised to see pretty much everybody was out there for morning skate this morning. And even with Joseph being recalled, uh, you know, Verhage, I wasn't here for practice the other day, but apparently he left uh, practice a little bit early, uh, and there was maybe an injury yeah. concern there, but didn't see any signs of it in morning skate. He was skating and, and didn't, you know, looked fine to me. Braden Coburn was out there. I mean, it really looks like, and this is important to me, is that you know, you're going into this critical stretch of the season, 13 games, 21 days. You pretty much have everybody healthy. You've got, yeah. you know, your full complement of players ready to go. So that, that's a good that, that's a good thing for the Lightning, especially at a time where a lot of teams throughout the league are dealing with, with major injury issues. And, you know, knock on wood, the Lightning don't suffer some of those in these next couple of games. But it looks like they're going to go into this really important slate uh, stretch of the season with everybody ready to go. Yeah. Brian Burns, reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning, joining us here on the show. And it is interesting when you talk about how important these games are. It is staring Tampa Bay right in front of them, Burnsy, that – in a lot of ways, they do control their own destiny. I mean, at least in the short term here, to move up the standings. I mean, Montreal's got a couple of points, a lead on them, but they're in third place, and they've played two more games. You win tonight, and 
Those roles are reversed. Yeah, I mean, you say the Lightning are in sixth place, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what's going yeah. on with the Lightning? But you look, they win tonight, and not you know, you don't know what everybody else is going to do right. in the division tonight, but you win tonight, and you're tied with, with third place Montreal right now, and you still got, uh, I think it's like two games in hand on, yeah. on the Canadians. So uh, that's going to make this game important. That's going to make when they play, these two teams play on, uh, I think it's January 4th. Pretty okay, soon it's next week yeah. on this next road yeah. trip. They're going to play up in Montreal. It's going to make these two games pretty important uh, in this stretch. You know, in this 13 games, 21 day stretch, they're playing like five or six Atlantic Division opponents right in a row. So uh, they've had success against the Atlantic. They're on a nine game win streak. Uh, it started in Montreal, that 3 1 victory uh, against the Canadians. So you hope they can keep that going, and then you'll see uh, them get into a playoff position and hopefully be able to maintain that. Yeah. And. Montreal's playing well, and certainly they're going to be ready to go. You know, they have some guys who can be dynamic. One thing you keep hearing about them, at least uh, some of the game notes over the last couple of days reading up on them, and we'll talk to Pat Hickey from the Gazette coming up in our next segment, is that they're talking about how they were so close from making the playoffs last year that they've played with a certain type of urgency this year from start to finish. Uh, can't speak to that consistently, but certainly... Where they are in the standings would, would lead you to believe that uh, that may be true. And they understand the importance of getting off to a good start and staying that way. It's funny how you hear these same refrains all yeah. throughout the league. It was the same thing in, you know, here but two seasons ago right. when, uh, when the Lightning missed out on the playoffs. Then the, the whole talk in the offseason was, oh, we got to start the season on time and you got to maintain that throughout the season. So uh, I think they're going through a little bit of what the Lightning experienced after that. Yeah. You know, missing the playoffs by one point in the uh, 2016 it's amazing, season. It's amazing the f what failure can do to anybody. Yeah. Uh, it just it motivates you. It should the following year or, you know, whatever profession you have, that if you come up short, you want to amend that. And I think both these teams, there should be some sense of urgency. Montreal, of course, last year. And uh, Tampa Bay, of course, last year as well. Yeah. Yeah. When you I think mean, about what they went through. Yeah, they've got a – and their whole thing, we said this from the very beginning, was, you know, we, we think this is a playoff team. We feel like this is a playoff team. And but, and a lot of the fan base is going to be like, okay, well, whatever happens in the regular season happens, but what's going to happen when you get back into the first yeah. round of the playoffs? Are you going to show up or is it going to be another repeat of what happened last year? So even for everything that the Lightning have gone through so far this year, even if they do make the playoffs, there's still that in the back of everyone's mind. Okay, now what's this team going to do once they get there? Have you ever had – those questions maybe overtake what you thought of this team when it came to whether or not they were a playoff team? What do you mean? Well, there are some times where maybe this year you you felt like, I don't know. If this was I a playoff know. team? Yeah, yeah. I, I've always said, at least on my show, that I think talent usually wins out. doesn't mean you're going to win a championship, but you know, get into the playoffs. But I did feel like this year was going to be a struggle. I didn't think it'd be to the tune of maybe them possibly missing the playoffs. But I, I did feel like, you know what, if they just squeak in, I wouldn't be surprised. Did you ever have the same yeah, feelings? I, you know, I thought before the season started, I said, I have no idea where this team's going to end up. Yeah. I, I thought this team could go anywhere from winning a Stanley Cup to not even making the playoffs this year. I don't know why I felt that way. It's just I felt like maybe what happened last season might hang. There might be a hangover and it might yeah. carry over into this year. And, uh, just that struggle to, to kind of get out of that funk. Uh, and I think we've seen that a little bit. Uh, but I think they've done a good job of just kind of putting that in the past. And you can tell in the locker room, especially when we have uh, different media coming in, especially from like the bigger, the Canadian markets that don't bigger see markets, us a lot, right. the Torontos, yeah. the Montreals, they all kind of want to bring up, you know, what happened in the playoffs. How have you changed from 
uh, what happened in Columbus. How have you guys grown it as a team? And you can just kind of see, you know, the players, their eyes kind of roll and like, oh, we got to answer these questions again. You know, they're still answering those questions today after morning skate. Yeah. Like, what did you guys learn from last year's playoff debacle? And it's pretty much just like, well, as we said, you know, two months ago or as we said, you know, That's not going in, away, though, right? Yeah, as we said, That's coming into the, you know, before training camp even started on the opening day of media day, you know, we've been talking about this, and we've pretty much put that in the past. And I think the players have put it in the past. I don't know necessarily that uh, fans and, and different media outlets have put it in the past, but I, I think within the room they're, they've moved on and are focused on this year. Yeah, and I think when you have games like the one on Monday, it's, it's probably easier to move on from what happened in the playoffs because you probably feel like, okay, that's what the coaching staff has been preaching. That's what we should be doing. And when you do it, you come out with a 6-1 win. Yeah. And that was you know such a good way to go into this break because now you come out of the break, you've got this really difficult stretch. You've got everybody healthy. And now you've got everybody feeling good about themselves because they put together a really good performance. Uh, they know what they can do. And that's kind of the template that they need to follow. And, and that should help them you know pick up some points here and get, off, get into a playoff position. Yeah, for sure. And... You know, it was good to see not only the power play come up big, but, you know, Braden Point had a really big game. Quietly, and, you know, leading yeah. the team with goals right now. Yeah, and, you know, you still feel like he hasn't really broken out yet. Yeah. You know, a lot of the talk's been centered around Anthony Sorelli so far right. this year, and he's kind of been the... And rightfully so. He's yeah. been very good. You know, the guy that everybody talks about, like that engine, you know, that they kind of that leads the team and pulls the team into the fight. Well, you know, yes. A couple of years ago, that was Braden Point. It seems like everything we we're saying about Anthony Sorelli now, we were talking about... Braden Point last yeah. year, two years ago. So, uh, you know, quietly he's put together, you know, a good season, putting up some good numbers. But I think he still has a little bit more. He has that that next level he can get to. I always think back to that Toronto game up in Toronto where it was his first game of the season and just unbelievable how it? magical he looked with, with that line, with Kucherov and Stamkos, and how those guys just uh, connected with one another. And you just kind of set back and thought, yeah. wow, if if that can continue, that this is going to be a, a really fun. Uh, line and combination to watch throughout the year. Haven't really seen that since then, but uh, you think about that and you know that that kind of play is in him. He's a dynamic player. And when you talk about Tampa Bay being really good down the middle, really it, it's interesting the way it's turned out is that Sorelli and Point are, are kind of leading the charge. You know, Stamkos yeah. maybe playing on the wing. and You don't have, you know, Stamkos hasn't been playing center much. Yeah. Tyler Johnson's been all over the place. You right. talk about how this center depth that the Lightning have. Yeah. You, two of your guys that you went into the season thinking these are going to be two big pieces of your that center depth they haven't even you know been at center you've got other guys that have been able to step in and do really well there do you think johnson's one of those guys that really hasn't been able to find his game yet yeah it looked this like year? at the beginning of the year it looked like it was there that he was you know kind of returning to that form maybe maybe not quite the all-star year but but similar to that season and I, you know he's had the nagging injury the, the lower body injury recently and i think not being able to get on a consistent line and have those consistent line mates, I think that's been a big problem for him and has led to a for lot sure. of his uh, inconsistency as far as his offensive production. So uh, I think if he can get on a uh, first, you know, as long as he's healthy and he doesn't re-aggravate this injury, that seems to uh, apparently, you know, the reason he set out the Florida game was a re-aggravation of the lower body injury he'd had before. So uh, if he can get over that and maybe get on a consistent line where he can develop some chemistry, uh, I feel like he can get back to that offensive production he was putting up at the beginning of the year. He's an important guy for this team. He really is. I mean, you want to talk about secondary scoring. Uh, Tyler Johnson's a, a proven 20-goal scorer in this league. Yeah. To get him back healthy, you know, hopefully, and then the confidence for him. Because I think he's a guy, when he's shooting the puck, 
he's that's his, at his best. He's got a good shot. Yeah, yeah, and and he he plays so well with Andre Palat. You know, those guys are such good friends. And inside the locker room, outside the locker room, on the ice, they just have such good chemistry. Uh, it kind of stinks for Johnny that the Palats played so well in that top line and has yeah. developed that chemistry with Point and Kucherov. As it doesn't look like that's going to get not gonna change. broken up anytime no. soon. But uh, I feel like when those two play together, that's when Johnny's playing his best. Yeah, for sure. Well, Bernsey, it should be a good one tonight. We look forward to reading your recap, and we'll do it again next time we broadcast here, and hopefully the Lightning come away with two points. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Brian Burns, beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning, joining us here on the show. When we return, we'll get the Montreal's perspective from Pat Hickey. He's a columnist for the Montreal Gazette, does great work there, and we'll have him on and talk about this game and these Montreal Canadiens. It's all coming up next right here on Lightning Power Play. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Shot taken, Morgan! What a save by Vasilevsky! No rebound! The latest news, interviews, and more. No. With your host, Greg Lanelli. Really? On Lightning Power Play. All right, it's a big game. Atlantic Division game for two teams battling for a playoff spot. Of course, Montreal right now in third place in the Atlantic. Tampa Bay on the outside looking in. But as they always say, a big four-point game anytime division foes meet. And that's what we have tonight at Amelia Arena. Glad you're with us as we get you set for the game tonight. Coming up, pregames at 6.30, then... Of course, the puck dropping a little bit after 7 o'clock. And here to talk about this game from the Montreal perspective, we always enjoy having him on from the Montreal Gazette, Pat Hickey, joining us on the program. And Pat, first off, great to be with you. Happy holidays. It's always a pleasure, Greg. Yeah, love having you on. And uh, Montreal, right now, um, not a firm grip on a playoff spot, but I'll ask you just in general, has this season surprised you in any way? Do you feel like... This is a team that was coming on a little bit last year, and, and we're starting to see some more positive this year. Yeah, this is a, this is where I expected them to be. I expected them to be fighting for a playoff spot. I didn't expect Tampa Bay to be where they are. Sure. Uh, you know, I didn't expect Tampa Bay to be behind them, although right now the Lightning have two games in hand, which is important. And uh, uh, they're also ahead of Florida, which has one game in hand. So these uh, these next two games, we uh, Canadians play in Florida tomorrow night. So that's... Uh, you know, two two big games. Yeah. These these four point games. Uh, you know, two you get, and the two the other team doesn't get. And uh, so this is a very important road trip for the Canadians. They went to Western Canada before every year. They they play seven games before and after Christmas on the road uh, because they they clean the uh, clear the arena out in Montreal to have uh, Cirque du Soleil or circus or whatever right. you know something. Um, so, so they're always on the road this time of year. Um, they did very well in Western Canada. They won three or four games, and they're hoping to, to keep it going here. Yeah, and they're a team. I've always liked them. They have a lot of speed, a lot of skill, and do you feel like maybe depth-wise they're a bit better this year than they've been in the past? Yeah, they're a little bit better. Unfortunately, right now they have some injuries, particularly among the forwards. Jonathan Drew And Jonathan right? Drouin, uh, you know, people would, would know here. He was off to probably the best start of his career. It uh, looked like he had finally figured out how to play this game. And uh, unfortunately, he had a wrist injury, yeah. which has kept him out. Uh, they just lost just lost Yoel Joel Armia, uh, who um, got a hand injury the other night in Winnipeg. And that's a big loss. He's a guy that, uh, again, was just starting to find his way in this game. Big, strong guy. They don't have a lot of size up front. 
Uh, so when you have a guy who's 6'2", 210 pounds, and it's very difficult to take the puck off him, um, he's also leading the team in takeaways, uh, third in the league in hits, and they're going to miss him. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see how they, uh, you know, see how they compensate for that. Uh, Nick Suzuki is going to move up, a former first-round draft pick. Uh, he's going to move up to the second line, and uh, he's got a lot of skill. He just doesn't have the same physical qualities that Armia brings to it. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that works out tonight. What, in your opinion, clicked for Druin? And what's the prognosis for him coming back, if at all? Well, I, I think what clicked for him is he, he finally understood that he had to be more aggressive, that he had to be uh, stop being a per- perimeter player yeah. and get inside and, uh, and, and try to create some things. And uh, that certainly, certainly helped him. The prognosis, he should be back in the middle of the month. Um, he's, he's been out uh, been out for four weeks now, and they said five to six. and yeah. uh, So he's pretty close to coming back. He hasn't been on the ice yet, um, but uh, they expect that when they finish this trip, he'll be, he'll be on the ice for the first time skating by himself and taking some shots. And then uh, a week after that, they expect to have him in light scrimmages and uh, with a, you know, do not... Do not hit jersey right. on. Do not touch me. The, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then we'll see uh, whether he's ready to go in the middle of the month. Shea Weber seems like he's just having a fantastic I had a chance to see a couple of games. The one was yeah. against Pittsburgh where he does the wraparound yeah. backhand. I mean, he looks right. like the guy that they traded for, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, he came back. He missed almost a full year. And he came back in December last year. He played pretty well, but I think he... he um, you know the conditioning wasn't there, and the, and the you know the game, the game uh, shape of it, you know, yeah. was just not was just not there. But he had a great summer uh, working out. He came back. He's in, been in great shape. I think he's the second or third leading scorer on the team. Uh, he's got that big uh, slap shot going on the power play. Uh, the power play is in the top ten in the league, which is pretty good. Uh, there, unfortunately, that penalty kill has been. Uh, one thing that's really hurt them, they're 27th yeah. in the league now. They, For a long time, they were 30th or 31st. So it's getting a little better, but it still still needs a lot of work. That'll be an interesting thing tonight. Just try to stay out of the boxing against sure. Tampa Bay. Sure. Because, of course, Tampa Bay has a great power play. Yeah, they do, and they, it's been on fire recently. Pat Hickey joining us here on Lightning Power Play Live and News Radio WFLA. Max Domi playing better of late, but the numbers aren't great overall. I mean, you feel like he's, can he get off to a slower start? Yeah, he got off to a slow, well, he got off to a decent start, but then he sort of, he sort of went into a lull. Yeah. Uh, the big questions going into the season were uh, Max Domi was the leading scorer for this team last year, whether he was going to be able to come back and have that kind of year again. And the same with Thomas Tatar, who had a career yeah. season last year. Now, Tatar has had a good year. He's the leading scorer on the team. Uh, Domi hasn't, but Domi has, uh, in that West Coast trip, four games, three goals, three assists. Yeah. And uh, he's got goals in each of his last three games. So he's starting to pick it up a little bit. Um, he, he turned his whole career around when he came to Montreal. He talked about playing in a hockey environment. He was in Arizona to start. And, uh, you know, he just he said it was, it was difficult to really get, to get into a hockey frame of mind. And he embraced the usually. You buy that? I do buy, you buy it. That yes, for him? Yeah, 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 I buy it from yeah. from him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, no, he's a he's a great kid. He's uh, 
No, of course, his father played in the NHL. Right. He's got the same feistiness his father had, not quite the same size. Uh, but, um, you know, he understands the game. He, 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 you know, grew up in a hockey environment. And, um, and I think that he embraced coming to Montreal. Some guys find Montreal intimidating because you've got so much media, you've got so much attention. Uh, but he's a, he's a great kid. He's very involved in the community. He's a diabetic, so he's been involved with the, the Canadian Juvenile Diabetes yeah. Research Foundation, raising money for them. He, he put together an autobiography uh, just talking about his experiences living with diabetes. And, uh, and uh, I, was, I was really surprised last summer uh, in June... There was a fundraiser for a, um, a walk they have every year to raise yeah. money for, for diabetes research. And they had 12 kids there asking questions like it was a press conference. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and the thing that surprised me afterwards was he spent another two hours there talking to the kids and just relating to them. And uh, that's something you don't, you don't see very often. Uh, you know, these guys make visits to the hospitals every year, and and um, you know some of them some of them handle it very well. Some of them are sure. really uncomfortable. Um, like PK Subin, when when he was there, would go back on his own time. Brendan Gallagher goes back on yeah. his own time, and uh, you know this is and in Domi's case, he's very involved with anytime there's anything involved with the diabetes society and uh, you know helping out and. Uh, and, and just relating to these kids and, and giving them the message, you know, that this is not, um, you know, you can have a normal life. Sure. And uh, well, they look up to them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, making and, an impact uh, in the community. Right. Which is what you want to see. And uh, Max Nomi certainly doing that. You know, it's interesting. You and I, we've I've had you on the show uh, the last couple of years. We've talked about Mark Bergevin and, you know, the vision of this team. And I'm wondering, Pat, now, do you, do you get the sense this is, kind of what Mark Bergevin wants his team to look like, or do you still feel like it's, you know, patchwork there, patchwork here, some hits here, some misses there? Yeah, I think that I think that there are hits and misses. I think that um, there are, um, you know, I think that one of the things, he's timid about making trades. He's timid about giving something away. Uh, the one major exception that he had was when he acquired Jonathan Drouin, and gave up Mikhail Sergachev. Um, you know, that was one of the few times where, you know, he, he gave away his first, you know, first-round draft pick. Sure, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it remains to be seen. I think the first year, um, the feeling was that Tampa Bay might have gotten the better of the deal. Um, and and now I think it's probably a wash because Joanne's playing better. And, and they certainly needed that scoring punch. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they could still use... They could still use some some defensive help. Sure. And uh, right now they're they, they've got uh, you know they've got some defensive players back. Victor Mete who was hurt and uh, he's come back last game. Uh, ben Sherratt has filled in nicely as Shea Weber's partner. So they've they've started to put together a defense, but they could still use one or two more guys. They had they had a guy Noah Drillson who was a first round draft pick. A couple of years ago, and it looked like he was on path to play in the NHL, and but he had a serious eye injury last year, and then he had a concussion in training camp, first day of training camp, and he's been in and out of the lineup with headaches, and it looks like he may never, uh, he may never tough. develop. Um, they've they've got 
uh, a Russian, Alexander Romanov, who was a second-round draft pick last year. Did Bergman just go over and meet with him? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. was that yeah. part to figure out if he was coming over next year to play? I, I, think, I think it was to ensure that he was coming over to play next year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think he... Uh, he comes from a, a hockey family. His grandfather was a was a star on the Russian national team, Olympic team, and his father played. And uh, and uh, but I think the kid wants to play in the NHL. Now his KHL contract's up at the end of this year, and I think what they want to do is they want him. They want to bring him over as soon as the KHL season is is over. Yeah. And possibly play a couple of games, but but basically have him spend the summer in Montreal and just get used to the environment. He speaks good English, which is always a good sign. And, um, you know, usually you can tell the Russian players if they speak English, uh, it's an indication that they want to play in North America. They made an effort to, to learn the language. Yeah, and uh, get over here. And then they want to get over here. And uh, I can remember I was in Vancouver when Larionov came over, and a guy named Krutov came over at the same time. And Larionov <laughs> was a North American from the time he stepped first stepped foot in Montreal. Yeah. And Vancouver, he knew the language, he knew the movies, he knew the TV shows. Futov was an old line Soviet, and uh, you know didn't didn't speak the language and uh, didn't want so, to. You know that, yeah, and that's you yeah. know just you know you know tell me when the playoffs start and I'll be ready. And, yeah, right, uh, right, right. You know, tell me when the World Championships, I'll be there. And yeah. uh, so um, you know, I think that uh, in in Romanov's case, you know, they they feel they have a good one. He's not not overly big. He's about five ten, five eleven. Really good puck mover, and he's playing regularly in the KHL, so that's a good sign. Yeah, decent league over there too. Yeah. you know for development. Yeah. Pat Hickey joining us here on Lightning Power Play Live and News Radio WFLA. You know when you take a look at Montreal and the Atlantic Division, to your point when you mentioned Tampa Bay out of a playoff spot, I, I, you know, I, I doubt that's going to happen. Stay that way for the rest of the year. Do you feel like it's going to be just three teams? Pat, in the Atlantic, or do you feel like somebody's going to sneak in there as a fourth? No, it appears that there's going to be three teams. Yeah. I mean, you know, because right now the the Metropolitan Division, I, I'm not sure how they get the, the names of these divisions because <laughs> there are more teams in the Metropolitan Division on the Atlantic That's than there right. are in the Atlantic Division. Too confusing. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, they've got a six or seven point cushion right now, and, uh, you know, it looks like it, it's probably going to stay that way. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, so I think that, you know, in this division, um, there's a lot of teams that are, that are just pretty ordinary. Boston's running away with it. It looks like Toronto's starting to make a move. But, but the rest of the teams are all, all around, you know, a little above 500. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's going be, to be an interesting fight. Was Montreal in on, and should they have been on, Taylor Hall? I, uh, I heard one of the reasons why Bergevin yeah. went to Russia yeah. to ensure that they were going to get this kid next year was that, all right, if I do move some assets, yeah, yeah. are you going to be ready to go? Yeah, they, they were in, but not, they weren't one of the front runners. They, okay. they, they had discussions, and, and they certainly, you know, expressed some interest yeah. in, in getting him. But there, there were three or four teams with, with better offers. Yeah. Do you feel um, so like they need a, to make a, a splash to improve um, that offense, or it, it it would certainly help? But I, as I said, I don't think you know what you know. Like Bergie was talking, but he didn't have you know he he just wasn't able to make the deal that somebody else wants. Yeah, you know it, it'll better chance you know when you have when you get closer to the trade deadline and teams start to get desperate about 
you know, unloading a guy who's at the end of his contract and yeah. and and a pure rental. Sure, uh, there's a possibility there, but uh, you know, and and again, I think that it would have been, you know, it was it was all incumbent on getting Hall to uh, to say that he would he would sign beyond this year, and I don't think I don't think that guarantee was out there. No. Lastly, when you talk about Montreal, everybody says, look, you're going to go as far as Carey Price. You still feel that's the case? And how has he looked up to this point, Pat? Uh, he has looked, uh, I mean, you look at his numbers. Um, they're okay. I, they're okay. Not they're, they're, not, they're not great. Yeah. They're certainly not Vesna Trophy numbers. He's won six of his last eight. He's, he's looked better. Um, at some points, he's had, he's had problems with the defense in front of him. Um, they, the fact that a penalty kill, um, they lost the game in Edmonton. They they took dumb penalties and then compounded it by allowing a goal on the on the power play. So, um, you know, those things have, have affected his numbers. Um, and I think there's still, there's a lot of pressure on him to, to play a lot of games. You know, every they go into every season saying, you know, we'd like, ideally we'd like him to play 60 games. Well, right now he's on a pace to play 66, 67. And, too many, uh, too it, many, right? Yeah, it looks like. Well, I mean, it's it's too many if if you also have to count on the play seven to twenty right. you know, playoff Left games it. afterwards. Right. You know, that's that's the problem. You know, is whether you're going to, uh, uh, you know, you can probably handle sixty-seven. Last year, he he played twenty-eight of the last twenty-nine games last season because they basically gave they gave up on Anthony Niemi as a backup. Who is their uh, backup now? I mean, I know what's Lindgren now, but he hasn't It's it's, it's Caden Primo will be the okay. will be the backup. Yeah. The fact that Lindgren is here indicates that Carey's going to play tomorrow night in in Florida as well. So Lindgren gets to start tonight? No, Price gets or, to start Price, Price gets, gets both tonight. games. Both games. But he gets both games. Okay. Yes. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah, Lindgren's, Lindgren's not going to play. <laughs> it's um, He's just a you know, fill he, seat. He's here. He's there so that Primo can play in the AHL, gotcha. get some ice time, and uh, makes uh, sense. Yeah, makes sense. So, well, Pat, great job. Uh, always uh, enjoy catching up. We'll have to do it again because these two teams meet pretty soon. Okay, Greg. All right, Talk Pat. You later. Right. Thank you, Bye. Pat Hickey from Bye. the Gazette, joining us here on the show. When we come back, we'll get you set for the game. Don't forget pregames at six thirty. But we've got more analysis when we return on Lightning Power Play Live and News Radio WFLA. You're listening to Lightning Power Play Live. Crosby, open in front, backhand shot. What a miraculous stop. The latest news, interviews, and more. Finally! With your host, Greg Lanelli. Oh, the relief on his face! On Lightning Power Play. You know, it is interesting talking to uh, Pat there, Pat Hickey from the Gazette. And Carey Price and the numbers he's put up so far this season. And, I mean, basically said he's been pretty good, not great, hasn't dominated. And he always felt like Montreal was built on their goaltender. That if Carey Price was somebody that could, you know, play at an elite level, that he would somehow carry that team. But, boy, that never really materialized, did it? And while Carey Price certainly isn't done playing hockey, you arguably had the best goaltender in the game for quite some time, and you never really were able to surround him with the appropriate players to win a Stanley Cup. And I think this is this is probably a lesson to be learned, I think, for the Lightning. I don't think you can go into a season and say, well, if Andre Vasilevsky plays at an elite level, 
that's going to be good enough for us to make a deep run and win a Stanley Cup. That may be the case, folks. But as we've seen with Montreal and as we've seen this year with Vassy, if you're off just a bit, you've got to make sure your team is built in a way that can overcome maybe your goaltender not being elite all the time. Remember last year, Vasilevsky during the regular season was fantastic. And it wasn't just the wins. It was the quality of shots he was facing game in and game out. That's why I kept saying anybody that watched him play, you knew that the high-quality chances he was facing, they were tremendous. And more times than not, he came through in a big way. It didn't happen in the playoffs. He wasn't great. And the Lightning faltered. And so while you want to have great goaltending, for sure, you also have to have a team that is built in a way that when your goaltending isn't great, you can overcome their shakiness, or at least overcome until they find their game. And I feel like for the longest time, Montreal has relied too much on their goaltender and not enough on the team surrounding him. And I think the Lightning are in a much better position than Montreal. It's one of the reasons why, even though Tampa Bay is two points out of a third, out of the third spot in the Atlantic Division, Montreal currently occupies it. That the Lightning are better positioned than Montreal to not only make the playoffs but make a deep run because their roster is a lot better. Now look, Montreal—they have good players. There's no doubt about it. Brendan Gallagher, Max Domi, two really good players up front. Thomas Tatar has got 15 goals. Shea Weber, we know how good he is. And then, of course, Carey Price. And they've got some younger players who have filled their roster out. But then you look at the Lightning, and, you know, you see guys that even uh, on a third-line role or on a fourth-line role, they're averaging 15, 20 goals a year. You know, they're back end. They've got some guys there that can put up some numbers. Victor Hedman and Mikhail Sergachev and, and these guys uh, from the back end can really put up some points. And... You compare that to the Canadians, and they really aren't in the same league. Both have relied on goaltending, but I think the Tampa Bay Lightning have been better served, better suited to perform when Vassy, or maybe it was Ben Bishop back in the years he was the netminder, to overcome maybe some slow starts. Very rarely, though, did you see too many subpar performances from Vasilevsky and Bishop over the years. And that's why I think this year it's been a little bit eye-opening because you just haven't seen it. But I think the Lightning organization, more so than Montreal, is better equipped to handle some ups and downs from the netminder. And I think you're going to be seeing maybe that on display tonight. I mean, you're hoping it's a tremendous exhibition of goaltending from both guys, Price and, and Vasilevsky. But the margin of error for Carey Price is a lot less than it is for Vasilevsky. But that doesn't mean Vasilevsky can't be better, and I think he's hoping, just like the team, that Monday night was an opportunity for them to build off of uh, some really good play uh, during that contest against the Panthers. At Greg Linelli on Twitter, if you want to catch up with me, you can hit me up there and We'll get to some of your questions uh, throughout the broadcast. Of course, we'll talk to Eric Rollinson during the pregame and intermission reports. And during our second intermission report, we take your questions. Uh, hit us up on Twitter there, too, at, at Bolts Radio, using the hashtag AskEE. And then, of course, after the game, 
we will be doing the last call, and I will be with Brian Engblom. We'll get his uh, insights and uh, what his thoughts are when it comes to the Lightning and really the Canadians uh, tonight. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us tonight from Amelie Arena. Thanks to Brian Burns, who joined us uh, earlier in the show in our second segment, kind of getting an idea of where this Lightning team is, feeling pretty good after a really good performance against the Panthers on Monday. So we'll, uh, we'll do that again with Burnsy at some point. And uh, we appreciate his analysis, and we appreciate you listening every single time. Thanks to Jason Berger back in our network studios. Thanks to Steve Versnick on location. We got the pregame, and it's up next right here on News Radio WFLA and Lightning Power Play.